guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So yesterday, I uh, we showed you how Noah's day and our day are not much different from one another. You remember uh, this list here of there, there was no covenant marriage going on. Marriage had become something that was just not taken the way it should be. The people wouldn't repent uh, or listen to the prophet. Every man's thoughts were evil. The earth was filled with violence. God wept because of the way people had let Satan into their lives. So this takes you back to Moses chapter 8, verses 29 and 30. And it says, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted its way upon the earth. So we had done this to ourselves, is what it's saying. Verse 30, and God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, and the earth is filled with violence, and behold, I will destroy all flesh from off the earth. Okay, so that begs a question, because there are times when you're when you're reading the Old Testament, and one of the things we need to remember is the God of the Old Testament is Jesus Christ. Okay, this is Jehovah, God of the Old Testament, Jesus Christ. How could this merciful individual who is known for his boundless mercy, how could this individual, merciful individual, destroy the whole earth with a flood except for eight people, Noah, his wife, and his kids? So I want to remind you about Jesus Christ, who is the God of mercy. Now, one of the best verses to understand, whenever you come across something in the Old Testament or anywhere in Scripture where you're just like, why would he do that? That is not the God that I believe in. You go to 2 Nephi chapter 26. Now, verse 23 of 2 Nephi 26 says, For behold, my beloved brethren, I say unto you that the Lord God worketh not in darkness. Verse 24 is such a crucial verse to all of this. He doeth not anything, anything, save it be for the benefit of the world. For he loveth the world, even that he layeth down his own life, that he may draw all men unto him. Wherefore he commandeth none that they shall not partake of his salvation. 25. Behold, doth he cry unto any, saying, Depart from me? Behold, I say unto you, Nay, but he saith, Come unto me, all ye ends of the earth, buy milk and honey, without money and without price. This verse is such a key element, especially that verse 24, understanding he's not going to do anything save it be for the benefit of the children of men, for he loves the world in so much that he's going to he's going to bring them to him. So I want to show you the mercy of God and how the flood might be one of the most merciful acts of kindness and goodness from Jesus Christ. I know we don't look at it that way and the world doesn't look at it that way, but let me remind you of who we are dealing with and how this could be merciful, very merciful. Moses chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, it says, And it came to pass that Noah prophesied and taught the things of God, even as it was in the beginning. And the Lord said unto Noah, My spirit shall not always strive with man. For he shall know that all flesh shall die, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. And if men do not repent, I will send floods upon them. So how long did he give the people to repent? He gave them 120 years. Now that's that seems like that should be a long enough time to be able to help people repent. It reminds me of when the Lord gave the word of wisdom. You go back to the Doctrine and Covenants, and in 1833, the Lord gives the word of wisdom. Now, there's a lot of people who had... Uh, tobacco, alcohol was very much part of their lives. It was kind of the culture back then. But 
It didn't take until the 1900s, the early 1900s, for the Lord to make that something that was part of the temple recommend interview. So the Lord said, okay, I'm going to give you a commandment. You got 70 years to figure this out. In my mind, that is very merciful. So here's the Lord saying, you got 120 years to repent. He gives us time. And I love that. So that to me shows mercy. Uh, who did he remove before the flood? You go back to Moses 7. He removed the city of Enoch. He removed the righteous individuals off of the earth. That is also a very merciful, kind thing to do. A couple quotes here, one from Neil A. Maxwell, where he said, corruption during the time of, of Noah, corruption had reached an agency-destroying point that spirits could not in justice be sent here. You bring these spirits to a wicked earth, it's almost like they are doomed uh, from the beginning, and that's a tough situation. Uh, Parley P. Pratt said this quote. I thought it was cool. The people before the flood had carried these corruptions and degeneracies so far that God, in mercy, destroyed them and thus put an end to the procreation of races so degenerate and abominable. It's almost like he's he's taken everybody and just saying, all right, you know what? Let's reboot the hard drive here, and let's bring all of you guys back back up to the spirit world. So there's a wonderful verse in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. And it says, For Christ hath also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which he also went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. So that word, long-suffering, is an interesting word. So I looked this up, and I thought this was interesting. The question was, what does the Bible mean by long-suffering? Long-suffering from the Greek word makrothumia, that sounds fun, means long-tempered or patient. Contrary to popular view, a person who is long-suffering is not meek or weak. Instead, he or she is strong in character and bold in resisting rash reactions. We should all be grateful that God is the epitome of long-suffering love. And so as you're looking at this, this is something to remember is that the Lord is merciful. It wasn't just one day. These people were doing dumb stuff. He's like, all right, everybody, boom, you're done. This is a merciful, kind, long-suffering God who works that way with his children. And I guarantee you, he does the very same thing for us. So as you're reading this account, please remember the mercy of God. Don't look at him as just some mean person who's just wiping people off the earth with a flood. Look at him who does everything for the benefit of his children, for he loves his children in so much that he is going to do everything. He may very well wipe them off the earth with a flood and bring them to the spirit world where they can be taught. That's a merciful God, and that's something to remember. It was the same God then that he is now, and he works with us with that same mercy. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.